Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance, and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. What is your take on HRV or heart rate variability? Okay, another good question here. This is this one is um, my first one talking about exercise and, and training, even though it's not even about exercise and training, but away from nutrition. Much appreciate the break. Um, so HRV, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is, um, why it's important, and how people track it, what's the point in tracking it, and then I'll end with uh, my my thoughts on it and, and the use of it. So per usual, I make you wait until the end <laughs> to hear my thoughts. So we'll start with what is HRV. Heart rate variability is literally the variability of time between the beats of your heart. So if your heart rate is, you know, 60, 60 beats per minute, that doesn't mean that it beats one beat per second. Each beat has a variability in time between those beats. So that's what it's measuring. And maybe one beat happens every 1.5 seconds after the last beat. And then maybe the next one is 0.9 seconds after the last beat. It's not a, a metronome that it maybe sounds like or feels like in your body. But the 60 in, if your heart rate is 60 in a minute, is just taking an average. That variability in time between beats comes from your two nervous systems competing. Uh, your autonomic nervous system is broken down into two different parts, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic. If you already know this, I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence, but let's make sure we're on the same page. The sympathetic nervous system is your get up and go, uh, get up and do things nervous system, and your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest system. It's fight or flight and rest and digest. So your heart rate variability is your both of your autonomic, sorry, both of your nervous systems competing for input to the heart, which kind of makes it spasm just a little bit because it's getting two inputs. Um, that's a good thing. We we need to be able to respond to both of them. We need to be able to res- respond. Uh, your our our pupils need to dilate depending on the light. And so our, you know, our sympathetic nervous system does that. So that doesn't sound like fight or flight, but it is our, our sympathetic nervous system adjusting to the light going from room to room. Our parasympathetic needs to be able to digest the food that's, that's in your stomach, or it needs to, or that's the one that's active that, you know, grows your nails or your hair or something like that. So we, we need both of those and they, they're competing for input on the heart. When you see a balance between the two of those, you see a lot of variability between beats. When you see an imbalance, you don't see as much variability. So what starts to happen when the variability between beats goes down, then one of the nervous systems is screaming or being heard from the heart, or it's it's winning in the competition to the heart. So most most often that's the sympathetic system. So HRV HRV is basically a feedback mechanism to see the balance between those inputs. 
Like I said, most often that's the sympathetic nervous system that is winning because more often we are doing than resting. So why is HRV important? Why is the variability between beats important? Uh, Athletes or recreational athletes have been measuring their heart rate forever. And we train by using our heart rate. But that doesn't tell us anything about how our, how our nervous system and how it, it, it's functioning. So for the most part, HRV and heart rate, they'll, they'll trend opposite and therefore it's very predictable. But it's when we start to see them decouple that we, we get some sort of information. Like I said before, it's most often that we see sympathetic overload because that's our get up and go. And, and do something mode. And when that is the case, then sympathetic is winning. We see heart rate and HRV, heart rate variability. They oppose each other. One goes up and the other goes down. However, parasympathetic sat- saturation is when the parasympathetic is dominating and that's the rest and digest. And that with that, you will see HRV go down, but also resting heart rate will go down. And that's a sign of being over recovered and ready to rock. So an athlete that goes into a taper before a competition, uh, before a game, anything that you're tapering for in sport, um, you would see heart rate and resting heart rate, sorry, heart rate variability and resting heart rate actually start to come together. And both of them would go down. On the other hand, that can actually look like you're completely and totally run down. And so that gets a little bit hard. I think, though, it's it's obvious if we step away from the data, if all I've got is data and all I see is, is resting heart rate is low and HRV is low, either I've got a person who is ready to rock and compete or I've got somebody who is adrenally exhausted and tired. Um, so how do we know the difference is we, we talk to the person. And it's very simple to know if they're tired and overreaching and overtraining, or if they are tapering some for some sort of an event. But they can look the same. They don't mean the same thing. They can look the same. So when we have a sympathetic overload, that's actually a sign of fitness. Meaning when we see our heart rate go down, so our resting heart rate goes down, and our HRV goes up, that's a sign of, of increasing in fitness because your body becomes more efficient uh, each each heart rate, or sorry, each, each heartbeat is pumping a lot more blood. So your stroke volume goes up. Every beat is like an explosion of blood into your into your circulatory system, and the time between beats has higher variability, which means that you're ready for action and training uh, because your autonomic nervous system is balanced. So that's the what and the why. I also want to say what things that affect HRV. I get that question sometimes and and quite literally it's everything. So your HRV, just like your heart rate, your HRV is constantly changing. If I'm dehydrated and I drink a bunch of water, my heart rate variability will actually increase. But other things that it can affect it is, you know, stress, fatigue, um, sleep or sleeplessness, uh, alcohol, hydration status, training status, mental, emotional status, uh, ab- absolutely anything that happens to you or you can think or feel or do can change your HRV. And that's, that's okay. We can't be always trying to, to master our HRV. I'm just saying that it's always changing. And I say that because most people just measure it in the morning and that's it. So how is HRV used? Uh, for elite athletes, 
um, advanced measures are usually used to track HRV and then behavior is modified to stay in an optimal like training state. Uh, that means a, a training session might be shorter or they might play less if they're in a game or skip a training sl- uh, session to sleep if it's really bad because their lives are revolving around them being able to perform. So you can see how it can be an awesome tool for them, especially if you know how to use it. And especially if you have a team, whether that's a strength uh, strength and conditioning team or whether that's a coaching staff that believes in it as well, or they can they can support you in that. For recreational athletes, uh, it's used to track over time and monitor uh, overreaching or overtraining syndrome. And then for the general population, it's uh, used for for health metrics. My thoughts on HRV have been sort of a, a evolution because for a long time I was against heart rate variability, not because I didn't understand what it's telling us and not because I didn't think it gave us good information, but quite frankly, because I I wasn't educated enough on how to use the data. When it sort of came out and was popularized, I, w- I kind of was like, so you're so you're going to skip a workout every time you have a HRV that's low? Well, good luck getting fit in, you know, two, two workouts a week or something. Um, or I would think, so what's the point in this data? If if athletes have to perform today and they can't cancel it, well, then doesn't that just get into their mind and then make them perform even worse? Or if I've got a huge day of of clients and today I wake up and my HRV is really low and my readiness score is really low. So I'm, I'm just supposed to cancel my day and recover. So uh, that was my attitude towards it. And, and just that that's not real life. We can't do that. So what's, what's the point in this reading? And that's kind of my stance on it for a long time. And so I felt pretty convicted because a lot of people were, were loving it. So I, um, took a biofeedback certification and uh, of course my mind was changed. Um, So I went from thinking it's pretty uh, good information, but what are we supposed to do with it to pretty vital information? Because now that I've been studying neuroscience and neuroplasticity, I think that HRV is awesome. So here's why. Use it to establish a mean from the baseline. You can use it to see if you how I'm going to better my sleep and how I'm going to track that. Use it to see if you have a reaction to a certain food. Use it to see if you're getting sick. Use it as a measure to increase your health in all of these immeasurable categories. So if you really need to dive at sleep and let's say your sleep tracker, you know, your, your Fitbit or your watch or, you know, whatever you're using to track your sleep. Let's say you just cannot get a good score. And you, so you start trying things. You start start trying to, you know, turn out the computer at night. You start to uh, black out the the room, or you try all these things that all the people say that you need to do to sleep well. You try melatonin, um, and there's really no way to measure subjectively how you slept. And even on these devices, where it says, "Well, maybe you got you know an hour and a half more sleep, but your deep sleep wasn't as good," and you were awake for two hours in the night or or whatever. So use that to change one thing and see how your heart rate variability changes so that you have a mean from the baseline. Use it to see if you're getting sick. Um, example, on 
December 15th, I got sick. I, uh, it was a cold, not COVID. I woke up super stuffy, headachy, um, didn't go to bed feeling that way. But when I looked back at my HRV, which I wasn't, haven't been religiously looking at, um, when I look back the three days prior, my HRV had tanked. Um, yeah, my readiness scores were low, but my HRV had tanked just prior to getting sick. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting sick. So that was interesting. Um, use it to validate how you feel. Use it for, like I said, to have a baseline so that you know when you maybe you start taking a supplement, your HRV changes. Well, maybe you don't feel any different, but your HRV changes for for the good. Um, so there are a lot of ways to use it other than should I train today, should I not train today, which I think initially when it was sold at fitness locations was was kind of what it was sold as. Um, and the other thing is, is that HRV is different for everyone, meaning there's no like exact you know number. Uh, an HRV of 50 is good or an HRV of 250 is good. Um, it's really what is your baseline. And then we try to improve that. I also think it's just one of those things that is is easy to do. Like you literally just have to, it takes 30 seconds in the morning or some things just do it automatically. My Apple Watch does it automatically, so I don't have to do anything. Some people have to wake up and, you know, put their finger on a device for 30 seconds. For some people, it's on their iPhones or whatever. My point is, is it's just a low barrier. You don't have to actually do anything and it gives you a ton of data, which is kind of cool. I like tracking things. I like understanding what's going on with my body. I know not everybody does. I completely get that. Uh, but I but I do think that if we are if we are looking to change our health or our performance, I think it's something that we need to take into account and maybe not track it for the rest of your your life. But if your goal is to feel better, HRV is how you measure it. That's a that's a far too subjective goal. If your goal is increased performance. Well, part of that is feeling better during training, but uh, all of these things can be tracked with HRV. So um, I love it. Um, I've got a couple clients that, you know, they'll come in and say that their HRV scores are X and I change their workouts based on that. But again, I have, I have some sort of a baseline of them, not just them against a professional athlete. I have other clients who come in and say, you know, here's my HRV and, you know, so I, I think I need an easier workout here. It's, it's low or something like that. And I'm like, no, you're actually really recovered. You don't really, you haven't really done much. Um, I think you actually have it in you and we, we get after it. So anyway, uh, those are my thoughts. Great question. Keep them coming. Thanks for listening.